Malevolent Maine is a horror podcast and may contain material not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. A mysteriously murdered doctor. A race of fish-like humanoids who dwell in Maine's water system. And some strange science projects that seem to defy understanding. These are the stories we're working on for our upcoming episodes. You guys have been an amazing audience, not just here in Maine, but all over. We see you, Houston, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, and Seymour, Connecticut. Not to mention Portland, Ellsworth, Augusta, and a ton of other listeners at home. We appreciate you. If you'd like to help our show grow, consider joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash malevolentmaine where you can get exclusive access to early episodes, side stories like the Black Tarot, and behind-the-scenes information. You can like us on Facebook at Malevolent Maine, and follow us on Twitter at Malevolent Maine. We love interacting with fans, so we hope to hear from you soon. Lastly, don't forget to like, follow, review, and share our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you for all your support. The trail slopes gently downwards as you descend the mountain. Around you, tall trees, pines, birches, a few oaks, stretch up to the sky. Suddenly, one of the trees starts to move. That's not a tree. What is it? It's coming right towards you. This is Malevolent Maine. Here's a powerful tool. Guys, what was that? It can't be. No, seriously. What was that? You recorded. I can't explain it. But what was it? Okay, MMers. We've got a real tall tale for you. This time from the Newry and over Hanover region of Oxford County. Specifically, somewhere between the Ellis River Road and the Bear River Road. This area is part of the Mahusik Mountain Range, some of the toughest parts of the Appalachian Trail, not far from the Sunday River Ski Resort. It's a fairly remote part of the state, with seasonal busy times in the winter. It's a great place for a hike or to hang out along the many rivers and streams that cross the area. It's also home to a creature that locals call Strida Longbody. The creature is described as being incredibly tall, with long, thin limbs. It typically walks on all fours, but can stand and move on just two. Reports have placed it somewhere between 12 and 20 feet tall. Its skin is incredibly pale, nearly snow white. It has glowing bright eyes and a mouth full of jagged teeth. It's been seen stalking among the trees, crossing the road, even looming over several of the homes around the area, usually at dusk or in the dark of night. It seems to avoid people, and has been known to become quite threatening when engaged. As of yet, there are no confirmed deaths caused by this cryptid, but that's been difficult to corroborate. Whatever is stalking the woods north of Sunday River is clearly dangerous, and it is a matter of time before a human encounter ends tragically. Before we continue our story, we at Malevolent Maine want to take a minute to introduce a new member of our team. Since this podcast has started, our primary business, 
investigating the claims of the paranormal and supernatural, has really taken off. We're getting hundreds of stories each week, between interviewing people, researching stories, and writing reports, not to mention recording this podcast. Things have gotten a little too busy. As you know, we've brought on our producer, Megan Meadows, to handle a lot of the podcast things, but we've also brought a new member into our investigative team. Mark Mercier is joining Malevolent Maine as an intern. If you call the office, you'll probably talk to him first, or if you stop by, you might see him manning our front desk. Mark is going to be handling a lot of our preliminary research as well, and we're lucky to have him on board. Say hi, Mark, and tell us a little about yourself. Hi, I'm Mark. I've always been interested in paranormal stuff, and when I saw Malevolent Maine had an opening, I thought it would be a fun place to work. Thanks, Mark. He's also graciously agreed to read statements from various people who choose not to have their voice on our show, so you'll be hearing a lot from him. One of those people was Adam Hussey, an avid hiker who claims to have seen Stridalong Body last fall when he was hiking Fulling Mill Mountain. Here's new intern Mark reading a transcript of our interview with Adam. I've done a lot of hiking. I try to do at least 10 mountains a summer. So I'm coming down Bald Mountain. I got caught in a bit of a rainstorm that just popped up, so I hunkered down for a bit. Two summers ago, I would have pushed through, but I sprained my ankle trying to climb down Mount Chikara over in Conway, New Hampshire in the White Mountains in the rain. Anyways, I had taken my time, so as I'm coming down the mountain, it's starting to get dark, just dusk, you know? But I decided I really needed to pick up the pace. So I'm coming down the trail. I go around this little bend where there's these big rocks you go between, and bam, that's when I saw it. What Huzzy saw was Strida Longbody. He said he estimated the creature was around 15 feet tall, though it was hunched over on all fours, walking on its long limbs. He said it had hands and feet, or something approximating them. They appeared to be long claws, not like fingernails growing out of flesh, but long, solid claws growing from its hand and feet. Huzzy said he was pretty sure there were only four digits on each appendage. It was sort of creeping through the trees. That's the only way I can describe it. It moved so fluidly for something so tall. I think it was probably 16, maybe 18 feet tall in those long legs and arms, right? But it almost looked like it was swimming through the air. The creature sensed Huzzy and turned. Its eyes, which Huzzy said seemed to shine like headlights on a car, seemed to pierce into his very core. Huzzy was frozen with fear, sure his life was about to end. The creature hissed a sound he described as something like a cat crossed with a snake. (laughs) Then it reared up high, Huzzy says, like a gorilla, going from four legs to two. It was massive, its full height on display. Huzzy had known the creature was big, but now it seemed impossibly tall. It was thin, almost delicate, yet still strong, like a birch tree. There was something terrifying in its slenderness like something that thin should not be that tall. And if that law of nature was broken, then all others could be too. It roared. I mean, it didn't sound like a lion or whatever. You know what it sounded like? Like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. You remember that movie? It was, it was like that. I mean, not exactly, but that was as close as I could get to describing it. I just froze. I didn't move a muscle. I don't even think I breathed. It just kept roaring, like the sound of the world ripping in half. Finally, the creature stopped, and the woods were silent. Nothing moved. Not even a bird chirped. 
Huzzy stayed perfectly still, the creature's roar echoing in his ears. The creature seemed to look at him for a second, to assess whether he was a threat or not. Then it dropped down onto all fours. It hardly made a sound when it dropped, just a few leaves displaced. It shouldn't be that silent, not after the mighty roar that had seemed to shake the entire mountain. Then it moved off, sliding between the trees. Huzzy didn't move for another five minutes, until the birds and the squirrels had resumed their normal chatter. Then I booked it off the mountain just as fast as I could. Strida Longbody. No one's really sure where the name came from. Some stories claim that Strida is a colloquial twist on the word stride, or strider, referring to the creature's long legs. Others claim that Strida is an old indigenous people word for a tall spirit creature said to stalk the mountain regions. Either way, the name is apt. What is this creature? Are there more than one of them? Paul Tarbox, who grew up in nearby Hanover, Maine, considered himself something of an expert on the creature that came to be known as Strida Longbody. Born in 1942, Tarbox joined the military as soon as he was able to, and in 1951 he was sent to Korea. When he returned home in 1954, Tarbox was unsure of what he was going to do, but after a chance encounter with Strida Longbody one summer evening, while hiking near Old Speck Mountain, he dedicated his life to understanding the creature. He enrolled at the University of Maine studying biology and history before returning to the area to find proof of the creature. Paul Tarbox died in 2020 from COVID-19. He was 77 years old and already in declining health. We had several communications with Paul before his death, and we will always remember his warmth and generosity. After his passing, we were contacted by his wife, Sheila, to whom he had been married for 46 years. She said that Paul wanted to make sure that we got all of his research and notes about Strida Longbody. He thought we would know what best to do with it. Included in his notes was a journal he had kept about his Strida sightings, going back almost 35 years. We found one passage particularly interesting. I've asked one of our investigators, Lucas, to read it. I saw it again. It's been 40 years, but I know it was the same creature. It had the same markings on its hindquarters I saw in 1953. I don't know how it is still alive, but I swear it was the same one. It was 9.36 p.m., and I was walking along Bear River Road. It was my monthly search. I had just curved along this bend, and there it was, standing there, reaching for something up in a high oak tree. Its skin was almost translucent and seemed to glow silver in the moonlight. It didn't see me or sense me, and for a moment, I was able to observe it. It was clawing at something in the tree, but in the dark I couldn't quite make out what. It moved slowly, like a sloth, long limbs reaching up, up, up. It was beautiful. It was horrific. This was something not of this world, and for the second time in my life, I had come face to face with it. Then. Somewhere in the distance came the blast of a logging truck's engine. I was just reaching for my camera when the creature froze. It was like a deer who hears something. Then, sensing the upcoming truck, it dropped down on all four feet and ran. Despite its earlier slowness, 
It moved with a speed I couldn't really comprehend. It charged right at me. I don't think it knew I was there. I think, like the spooked deer, it was just rushing to get away. At the last second, before it bowled me over, it cut to the left and was gone, gliding through the woods without making a sound. Paul Tarbox was able to snap just one picture of the creature before it disappeared. In it, distorted by the darkness, a near-human-like head can be seen. It looks like a skull with giant eyes and a flat nose. The creature's eyes are glowing, and its impossibly long limbs are moving at full speed. The picture is blurry and grainy, and many photographic experts have labeled it a hoax. Still others have said it cannot be real, but cannot say how the picture was faked. It is to date the clearest picture of Strida Longbody, though it's hard to call it conclusive evidence. We have the negative of that photograph in storage, left to us by Paul Tarbox's widow, and a framed copy of the picture is on our wall here at the Malevolent Main Office. There have been dozens of sightings of Strida Longbody over the years, most of them from hikers, but a few have come from some of the locals as well. It has become something of a well-known urban legend in the area. Just about everyone from around there knows about the creature, and more than a few claim to actually have seen it, or know someone who has. There's even a house on Route 5, just a little ways north of Covered Bridge Road, where a man makes giant plywood cutouts of Strida Longbody. Some he displays on his property. A few, he told us, he's actually placed out in the woods somewhere in the area, hoping to give some unsuspecting explorers a good startle. One area convenience store, Manny's Quick Shop, right on Route 26, actually sells t-shirts with the creature on them. We talked to the owner of Manny's Quick Shop, Ann Robbins, about the creature. I've been telling stories of old Strata Longbody since I was a girl at least. I'll tell you though, I spent my entire life up and around these mountains, and I ain't seen him once. Still, shirts sell pretty good. Every summer I get five or six people stopping in, specifically looking for him. They have all this high-tech, fancy hiking and tracking gear. They ain't seen nothing. Strata's out there. He's too smart for them, you know? Plus, I got another 10 or 12 campers and vacationers who just think the shirt's funny. That's a good seller. One thing that we noticed during our research, people in the area seem to be a little protective of Strata Longbody. None of the locals we talked to mentioned going out to hunt the creature. Even Paul Tarbox's notes only ever mentioned wanting to observe it, not capture it. Locals are resistant to out-of-staters coming in trying to discover the truth of their cryptid. More than one of them has denied the paranormal monster hunter type cable shows who wanted to come in and do a special on it. They were even hesitant to talk with us until we assured them of who we were and what we do. If there is a creature stalking the mountains and forests outside of Nuri, it's their creature. He ain't harming no one, said one local man. He's just doing his thing, like the rest of us. As is often the case at Malevolent Maine, we begin to look outside the state once we've exhausted our in-state resources. When it comes to cryptids, that is, creatures that are believed to exist but have not been proven by mainstream science. We often find similar stories across the globe. Bigfoot, or Sasquatch, for example, 
similar counterparts in other parts of the world known as the Abominable Snowman or the Yeti. The Loch Ness Monster has an American cousin, or two, or three, the most popular being known as Champ, the monster of Lake Champlain. So when we tried to see if there were other sightings of Strida Longbody in other parts of the world, we were surprised to discover quite a few similar creatures. All across the northern United States and Canada, there are reports of creatures known as crawlers. Crawlers are said to be tall, lanky, and grayish-white humanoid creatures with no hair, extremely sharp claws and sharp teeth, and sunken eyes. Crawlers are said to crawl extremely fast on all four limbs, but are capable of standing on two. There's even a creepypasta character known as Rake, who bears a striking resemblance to Strida Longbody in these crawlers. Though Paul Tarbox's journal predates the history of this fictional monster, who was created in 2005, by about three decades. Is Strida Longbody one of these creatures known as crawlers? It's likely it is. So the question remains, is there just one creature? Or have there been several different ones in the Newry area? Paul Tarbox believed that the creature he encountered in 1996, the one we heard about from his journal, was the same one he encountered in 1953. That would make the creature at least 40 years old. According to his notes, Tarbox believed that there was only one Strida Longbody in the area, and that it may in fact be... Here's Lucas again, reading from Tarbox's journal. While the creature behaves much like an animal, skittish around humans, defensive when its territory is invaded, etc., I do not believe it is, in fact, an animal. Instead, I believe the creature, or more accurately the entity, is a kind of forest spirit, or supernatural being. I think it has been here longer than humans, and will exist long after we are gone. Whatever Strida Longbody is, it's not of the natural world. Could Paul Tarbox be right? The Penobscot Native American tribe, from lands not far from the territory of Strida Longbody, had a story about Gichiawas, or the Great Beast. It was said to be tall and stiff-legged, and looked something like a hairless bear with an oversized human head. The stories claimed it roamed the forests, eating the flesh of men. While not an exact match, it does bear a striking resemblance to Strida Longbody, and proves that people have been telling stories about creatures like this for a long time. There have been few reports of missing people or mutilated remains found in the area. If Strida Longbody is eating humans, he's not doing it very often, and is surprisingly discreet. Hunters and hikers alike haven't discovered any bones or animal corpses that might indicate the creature is consuming the local wildlife. Paul Tarbox theorized the creature might not eat at all. That instead, it lives off the bioenergy of the forest. This, he believed, explains what it was doing the night he came across it in 1996. It might also explain why it didn't attack hiker Adam Huzzy, who claimed to encounter the creature while hiking down Fulling Mill Mountain. According to Huzzy's story, Strida Longbody grew threatening, but it did not attack. Perhaps the Native American stories were fabricated to contain the more gruesome aspects of the creature's diet. Or perhaps it has evolved. Perhaps it's an entirely new creature altogether. 
What is known is that the creature is highly elusive. Aside from a few chance encounters over the years, it has managed to escape serious detection by a population that is highly aware of its existence. While many in the area claim to have had an encounter with Strida, most of these amount to strange noises in the woods or something moving just beyond the line of sight. When the TV show Bigfoot and Company came to the area in an attempt to locate evidence of the creature, they didn't find more than a few broken trees and a strange impression in the earth that could have been a footprint. Though if you watched the actual episode, clever editing and a little acting might make you think they had come face to face with the beast. Paul Tarbox thought that Strida Longbody avoided detection by posing as a tree. By stretching its limbs and remaining completely still, it might go undetected from a distance, mistaken for some misshapen tree. Either way, it's a fact that unlike Bigfoot, Strida Longbody hasn't left behind many clues of its existence. There are no castings of footprints, fur samples, or even remains to lend credence to its existence. All we have are some first-hand accounts, a few blurry photographs, and one well-preserved exploration journal to go on. And yet, the legend of Strida Longbody continues to grow. Each year, more and more people flock to the area in hopes of catching a glimpse. There are numerous internet groups and Facebook pages dedicated to the creature. There's even rumor of an independent, first-person horror video game being developed based on it. As Ann Robbins, the owner of Manny's Quick Shop, told us, he's good for business. What is stalking the forests of the Newry area? We may never know for sure. The fact remains that something, whether supernatural guardian or some sort of missing link creature, something is out there. Strida Longbody has been seen by too many people. Their stories too similar for this to be cast aside as made-up stories by those too scared or too creative for their own good. Paul Tarbox's copious notes, dating back even before his own time, lend further evidence that this creature is in the woods in the shadow of the Appalachian Trail. If you go walking in the woods near Old Speck Mountain, and you see something that almost looks like a tree, but not quite, our best advice is to keep moving. So far, Strida Longbody hasn't claimed any victims. Yet. Who knows what this ancient and powerful being is capable of if it is truly angered. With its massive size and sharp talons and fangs, it is best we don't find out. Stay safe out there, Maine. We here at Malevolent Maine would like to dedicate this episode to a good friend, Paul Tarbox. Thank you for all the talks and the support you gave us over the years. You'll be missed, Paul. We believed you. Malevolent Maine is Lucas Knight, Tom Wilson, and myself, Chris Estes. If you'd like to read more about our investigations, check out our website at malevolentmaine.weebly.com. While there, don't forget to check our merch store. And, if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash malevolentmain. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay safe out there, Maine.